This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome in, everybody. Good Thursday to you. This is Pac-12 Football and Beyond. I am your host, Chris Landry, taking you through, well, what's going to be a couple of hours of football talk here. We're going to talk some Pac-12 football. And uh, uh, some other stuff here, but mostly Pac-12 in this hour. Next hour, uh, it's uh, be joined by Dan Matthews for our uh, SEC football and beyond. We do that twice a week here, uh, live on Monday at 5 p.m. Central and Thursday 5 p.m. Central. But this hour is Pac-12 football and beyond. We appreciate you joining us um, on Twitch.tv. If you're not, if you're joining us through one of the other streams, we encourage you to check us out as we're going to move full-time to twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball for our video cast. So make sure that you are up to date on that. And uh, if you are interested in catching uh, our uh, this show in a podcast form, you can certainly go to landryfootball.com and um, very simply we'll post it up there and you'll be able to listen to it in depth. Sign up for Landry Football's podcast channel, a uh, part of the podcast part as we get you all the shows, ACC football and beyond, SEC football and beyond. Twitch.tv, uh, you can go to the schedule, and it'll take you through um, uh, the uh, the entire week's worth of, uh, of shows and when they are airing live, and then certainly you can catch it again over at LandryFootball.com. number of things to get into today. Uh, we're going to, as we're doing with all the conference shows, we're going to break down like about four teams each week. That'll get us right into the start of the season when we'll be breaking down all the games. <clears throat> We're going to get into Oregon, break down Oregon, USC, uh, Utah, and Washington um, uh, in a bit. But want to take you through some news items inside the Pac-12. <clears throat> you have probably heard the discussions about Pac-12 and Big 12 talks with, relate, uh, with relations to expansion, mergers, what have you. Folks, I... I see this a little bit differently. Uh, I mentioned this on Big 12 football and beyond yesterday. You can catch that same time. Um, but on Wednesdays, the Big 12 is looking for a lifeline. I don't see a quote-unquote merger. I think the Pac-12 is in a better leverage position at this point. So I don't think we're going to see that merger. What I do think is there's an opportunity to get a scheduling agreement that is benefiting could benefit both parties. We'll see where that plays out. But nothing new to report there. I mean, I, I think that's going to happen when it happens, if it happens, so on and so forth. So uh, I think uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of speculation about what's going to happen. I, I think that 
while there's a lot going on behind the surface, I think it may take a little while, but the, certainly the Big 12 is the one that's trying to figure out what their next move is and are engaged in a lot of talks with a lot of folks. And the individual schools within that league are trying to get the best deal that they can. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I think the Pac-12 is in pretty good position, but they certainly want to come with a position of strength. Their conferences, this Pac-12 is not in danger of losing its status, but they don't want to lose it. I think they're looking big picture. They need to improve their television footprint, and I think this is where this, this talk, the genesis of this talk is. But you never know. You never would know what it might lead to, <clears throat> and we'll certainly keep you up to date. A couple of news items, Oregon defensive backs, Jamal Hill and DJ James, not being good boys lately, uh, facing criminal charges after firing an airsoft rifle at multiple pedestrians on Tuesday night. So they're east, uh, each faced with three counts of reckless endangerment. Uh, police, a pedestrian was shot in the face. Uh, just just dumb, um, obviously. We'll leave that to the legal authorities to deal with the circumstances there and the status of the team to be determined. UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson, of course, they get an early start. They got a week zero start against Hawaii, and then week two, they are lined up to play the LSU Tigers. DTR was unavailable for their first uh, training camp practice. They've obviously gotten together, and he's he's had a good spring, and uh, no injuries to speak of. Chip is kind of very, very uh, close to the vest and all that type of stuff, so we'll keep you up to date on that, but... Um, Chip thinks he's got a better team than he's had before, and we'll see how that plays out. But I don't sense anything going on with DTR, but not practicing. Uh, a little clandestine there. I'm not quite sure what there is. If uh, if there's something that um, develops there, we're going to have it for you at LandryFootball.com. We've got some more details up on Landry Football. Check that out as we update you. Over across town, USC redshirt sophomore Brew McCoy has been suspended from all team activities after being arrested on suspicion of a felony last month. He was arrested on July 24th. Um, he was released on a $50,000 bond. Uh, really good receiver. We'll get into the USC breakdowns in a minute. He was a big part of it. I don't know what his status is going to be. Some notes out of Colorado. They're in the early stages of their, their training, uh, training camp. Brendan Lewis, the freshman quarterback's off to a really good start. The staff tells me head coach Calderell's really happy with him. JT Strout um, um, done a good job as well. Uh, they're doing a really good job with the initial stages of the installs. Uh, now, Strout's the more experienced of the guys, but uh, uh, keep an eye out and remember the name um, Brendan Lewis, I think he's got a chance to be a really, really good player there. Arizona State redshirt junior wide receiver uh, Brian Thompson uh, is uh, making an adjustment there as he's coming over. He played opposite Britton Covey in Utah, really good receiver there. Uh, still trying to adjust there, but um, he is a really talented guy that, uh, that can have an impact on that Sun Devil team this year. That's a look at more news and notes, particularly recruiting news and notes over at LandryFootball.com with regards to not only Pac-12, but around the country, news, notes, nuggets. Uh, we're going to have a lot of practice notes coming up uh, around the country as more and more teams enter their practice along with recruiting, um, recruiting information. So uh, <clears throat> I want to start 
turn my attention to the film room breakdowns. And I want to start with Oregon. And when I look at this program, what impresses me about them is how they have developed on Mario Cristobal an identity that's of their own. If you think about Oregon, under Chip Kelly, we just talked about with UCLA, it's a completely different identity. Um, it's about toughness and discipline and physicality. Not that Chip's weren't tough, but Chip's identity was speed, durability, wearing out opponents, uh, being in better condition than anybody. Um, it's a different identity. This is about more about toughness, about discipline, about physicality, about winning at the line of scrimmage. And they have the, the you know really good line of scrimmage program. They're recruiting the best in the conference. And you know, they've got 30 of their players on their team are within a 70-mile radius of Los Angeles, of the Rose Bowl, Pasadena, Los Angeles area. USC should never be outbeaten in Los Angeles on kids. Um, USC will get into their their uh, program and their issues, but they they're starting to get better. But but they Oregon is the number one program in terms of recruiting. Anthony Brown's going to be the starter at quarterback. But remember the name Ty Thompson. He's the most highly recruited quarterback, a five star kid that they've ever had. Of all the quarterbacks they've had that have been that good, he's the most highly decorated. Not Mariota, <clears throat> not Herbert. Those guys weren't as highly recruited as this guy. Doesn't mean this guy's going to be better. Just means he is much, much thought of. He's the kid from Mesquite High School in, in the Arizona area. Um, this is a team that's going to need some help getting into the playoffs, but they're on that next tier of teams. The offense does a good job with RPOs. They run some pistol. Joe Moorhead, SEC fans, Penn State fans, um, We'll remember Joe from his stint as the head coach at Mississippi State. They run some pistols, as I mentioned. They do a really good job, probably some of the best job at working the tight ends and space in the RPO game. Um, and they do a nice job with their red zone offense design. <clears throat> the wide receiver room has as many four-star receivers depth-wise as anybody in the country. I mean, they got like nine of them. They're really, really good. They've done a good job. The offensive line's not only well-coached, well-developed, but very well-recruited, very athletic on the offensive line. The defense is in good hands. Tim DeRuder comes in and is running the defense. Tim did a great job at Cal. You may remember him from a time at A&M, and it didn't go quite as well. The guy's a really good tactician. did a great job. Um, Coach Wilcox over at Cal, and he's comes over um, to Oregon. They've got the most talent in the Pac-12, the most experienced offensive line, loaded receiver and running back room, excellent coordinators in Moorhead and Tim DeRuiter. I mean, they should win the Pac-12. They, they really they really should. Uh, when you look at them a little bit deeper, uh, consistent recruiting, top 10 recruiting, um, playmakers, Good speed, but as I mentioned, toughness. Pac-12, no doubt, were the least developed conference last year with the fewest amount of games. We're going to talk about Washington in a bit. They only played four games. 
I mean, you don't know. It was like not playing Harley at all. Um, when you look at the focus of their recruiting, it was was the defense was the biggest focus in the past couple, couple of years in recruiting. Kayvon Thibodeau, everyone knows about, stole him right away from USC. In fact, he was a big factor um, in that win against him uh, last year. Uh, Mikael Knight is one of the best defensive players in the Pac-12. Uh, Brandon Durlis, the uh, the linebackers are really good. The safety, Jamal Hill's really good. Um, Hill's the guy that had the two interceptions in the win against USC. He plays that, that star position in the nickel spot. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's been really, really impressive. And Andy Avalos obviously took did a good job running the defense, and he's now the head coach at Boise State. So that's where Tim DeRuiter came in. Um, <clears throat> factoring in the turnover margin, they work that really hard. Um so it's a really, really good-looking team. And I think they've put together the right type of classes to compete at a high level. They're going to need some breaks, as I mentioned, to get into the playoffs. But you look at their schedule. I should have it out here. Let me grab it here real quick. If you look at who they have, and I certainly think Ohio State's going to be tough. But when you look at it, I, you know, at Washington stuff, at Utah's really tough. I, I mean, I see them more as a uh, a ten and two type of team. I don't know that um, that they beat Ohio State, but if they do, and they go eleven and one, and, and one of the eleven is Ohio State, they'll have some stake there. That head to head will be be pivotal. I don't think they're as good as Ohio State. I know they're not as good as Ohio State, and on the road, I don't think they're going to win it. But I think it's it's important. This is a, a a team that will create a lot of negative plays with their defense. DeRuiter is going to be a real aggressive with their blitz looks. Uh, they've got uh, outstanding outstanding talent on defense. Um, I think the kid Noah Sewell, the linebacker, is one of the very best in the country. But Holland and Breeze and Graham all could be Pac-12 guys as well. Uh, young defensive backs. It's a really good team. It's a it's a two team race in the north, but I think it's a strongly leaning towards Oregon, and we'll we'll discuss a little bit of why when we take a look at this Washington team. While I think this is a little bit um, favoring uh, Oregon at this point, you're talking about again the number one recruiting class in the Pac-12. They had 16 top 300 commitments. They're a top five to eight recruiting team nationally. Uh, they had a top five class last year. Very, very impressive. Very, very impressive that you can do that. And if that continues, um, and there's no reason to think it shouldn't, this program's going to be really good. Uh, Isaiah Brevard is another one of those receivers that I was referring to. Um, I don't know how much he's going to get on the field this year, but Avante Dickerson, the corner, uh, the freshman corner um, has a chance to be really, really good. He's the kid from <clears throat> Westside West High School in Nebraska. So there, this was uh, as good a class as they've ever had, and it was led by Ty Thompson. And you know they lost Panay Sewell, that you know, but getting uh, Bram Walden and Jonah Miller from Arizona, um, it's really impressive that they're going into Arizona, they're going into uh, Utah, getting kids, and going into California. This has become the premier recruiting program in the Pac-12. I think they're the best in the North. I think they win the Pac-12. 
and then we'll just see depending upon how well they do against uh, Ohio State whether they've got a legitimate chance to be a factor nationally next up USC lots been talked about USC in that they have underachieved I think I like some parts of this team I really do they have a lot of skilled talent I just don't like the identity of this team or this program when I think of USC and I don't want to get caught into all the tradition this is the way it always has been therefore this is the way it should be things change identities change however USC is like Ohio State should be the Ohio State of the big of the Pac-12. They have they've always been great on the offensive line. They are soft on the offensive line. They are soft in the run game. They do a very poor job of teaching it. They do a very poor, poor job of coming off the ball. I do not like the air the version of the air raid any version of the air raid at a place like USC. I think it creates an underachieving level of program. It's too much into trickery and not enough into substance. When you have the resources in the program and the tradition of USC, play to that. You don't you gotta gimmick it up in some places. Not at USC. Underachieving program. They you go, you are what your record says you are. No doubt about that. You go watch them on tape, and you tell me they weren't a 2-5 and five team last year on tape, and I'll put the tape on you and tell you why you're not watching it right. They came back. Give them credit. They came back three or four times last year and pulled a victory out of defeat. A lot of credit. Give them credit for doing that. But they were outplayed in all those games, and they won them. Give them credit, but they looked every bit of a two and four team. Now the recruiting bounced back last year. Historically, USC's been a slow recruiting team, meaning they don't get a lot of early commitments. They may have five, six, and then they come in and they flip guys easily once they determine who they want to get. Well, early recruiting, I think they haven't adjusted to all that well, and, and Oregon has bigger staff, and what USC's finding is with early signings, early commitments, that they're losing ground a little bit. And so they've kind of changed their philosophy some, and I think they're getting it, so it was better. But you should never get out recruited in Los Angeles if you're USC. Um, I like them, their defensive identity better then certainly their offensive identity, and it starts with their defensive front. Um, but offensively, I just don't like what they do. And I think having to come back and gimmick their way is just so un-USC-like. I like Clay Helton a lot. I like his dad a lot. Good friends. I like him personally. I just don't think he has the strong leadership DNA to run a program like this. I think he's let this program slip. You know, I think this program is going to bounce back in a New York minute with a good coach.
I don't think there's any doubt about that. I just don't think it's going to be Clay, unfortunately. Um, it's a roller coaster team. It's a roller coaster program. Um, look, they're returning 41 players that start at least one game. You know, there's a lot of always a lot of optimism. There's always a lot of expectation. But I just again, their style and their identity just doesn't lead to the type of consistency. Put put their neck on people. They are really good. They should be able to dominate. Depth at the skill position is a strength. It has been. I like the running backs. I like the receivers. Talked about Brew McCoy earlier and the problems he has. Um, be that as it may, they've got others. They've got the tight end, uh, Cromahawk, the uh, Colorado transfer, KD Nixon. Um, they got a lot of targets. They've got to run the football a little bit better. Protect leads a little bit better. They don't do a very good job of that. I don't like how they look there. Defensively, as I said, I, I like Todd Orlando and what he's been able to do. I like their safety, Hufanga. Um, There's still a lot of talent there. Um, Corey Foreman is very good. Uh, Figueroa is very good. Uh, Drake Jackson is very good. They're all Pac-12, borderline All-American types of guys. Um, so... Um, you know, I think the uh, Texas transfers, Avian Alford, can really help at safety. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Havango was very, very good, and uh, Polamalo was very, very good. They've got to certainly replace, and, and certainly um, you've got enough players play in the secondary to really help, from a depth standpoint, carry things along this year. Um, so, listen, I... I Tailback U is no longer tailback U. They've got good tailbacks, but those guys are not featured. That's not a big part of what they what they do now. And uh, I just kind of look at them as a good team. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to go with them. I think in, in terms of recruiting, again, they would be second in recruiting in terms of a program. Should be first pretty much always. They've recruited quarterbacks well. Um Jackson Dart is the next really good one. You know, Corey Foreman is the, 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 the great defensive end that they lost out in Kayvon Thibodeau. They've got it in Foreman. So I think they've got some, um, in, in 25 guys, they've got seven of them. Uh, I think they got 10 of them in the top um, top 10. Uh, top set, uh, Seven in the top 115. I think they got 10 in the top 300 in the last class. It's a good class. Just got to get better on the offensive line. And I think it's not just talent. I think it's an identity. I think it's a um, how they play it. They don't play it with the physicality that they have. And it doesn't have to be all student body right. It doesn't have to be that. I'm not saying that. But certainly there's an identity that's lacking a physicality that's lacking there. Get your thoughts here in the chat room. We see Woodchad King is joining us. Appreciate you joining us. Any questions about these teams, uh, any other teams, how you view the Pac-12, um, we certainly will address them here and remind you that we've got detailed, even much more detailed scouting analysis and breakdown of all of these programs over at LandryFootball.com. So check it out now. <clears throat> I want to move on next to the Washington Huskies. 
And if you look at the transition that they've made, Jimmy Lake took over for Chris Peterson. As I mentioned earlier, they played the fewest games of anybody in college football, the ones that actually played. So, you know, it was like, and it was the, the a year of transition with a new head coach. It's like you, you know really nothing about them. I mean, I've looked at and studied the four games, and, you know, you see certain things, but you just know less about them than others. But they are really well coached. Jimmy does a good job on the defensive side. Uh, Pete Kawakowski uh, did a great job. Now, I mentioned him, for those of you that listened to the Big 12 podcast when I broke down Texas. That's a great hire for Sark. So uh, Bob Carroll steps up and takes over the defensive coordinator job that Pete did. Uh Bob's on the was on the um, on the staff. the The job that they do, particularly coaching the secondary and in coverages, is phenomenal. Uh, their identity is a little Oregon like. It's a little Northwest ish. I mean, they, they want to be physical in the run game on offense. They run more out of the pro set, though. The offensive line is really good pass protectors. John Donovan, their offensive coordinator, does a really good job of fitting his scheme around the personnel, and he allows his quarterback freedom to opt in or out of place pre-snap, and they're committed to running the football. Now, Dylan Morris is an athletic quarterback, a quick decision maker. I like the kid a lot. The future there, though, is Sam Heward. He's um, one of the Heward boys, uh, Damon Heward's kid. He's really, really good. He's a five-star, and I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to get some playing time at some point this year. Like their running back room, uh, last year in the four games, their defense did not defend the run all that well. As I said, Bob Gregory comes in. I I like their defensive tackles. Um, They lack depth. I thought they flashed some pass rush last year, but they must set the edge better in the run game. They have that history of developing defensive backs. You know, we can talk about it. There's DBU in terms of individual talent and recruiting. I, I don't know that anybody does a better job of coaching defensive backs. They've got like 21 Jimmy Lake since he's been there on the staff as a group. They've got like 21 guys that they've got drafted in the NFL in a very short period. Defense is very good. The defense is good enough to keep this team in the North race, and their defense is good enough to perhaps win it. But it's the offensive play and the line of scrimmage that puts them behind Oregon. That's the real issue there. That's where Oregon gets them. That's where Oregon is a little bit better. Um, When you look at what Jimmy likes to do, as a defensive guy, I think he's going to have to modify and adjust and get, you know, the offense to where it can do a little bit more in the passing game. And I think they will do that. But they are focused and intent on how we establish the line of scrimmage, run the football. It's the biggest offensive line they've had. They've averaged, <clears throat> um, 
you know, in the in the three thirty five range. You got the um, uh, Alumo Ali kid who's like three fifty five. The Wattenberg kid is really experienced and really good player. Um, Jackson Kirkland is is a all Pac twin type of a Pac twelve type of player. The best player on the team is probably the tight end Kate Otten. He's a two hundred forty pound six four pound guy, and I think he's the best blocking tight end in the country. Uh, the receiver room with Bynum and uh, Jalen McMillan and Udunze, um, and they get the uh, Texas Tech kid, Jalen Polk. Who's going to be the number one guy? That's going to be key. Um, but establishing them as the one number one target is going to be interesting. Running back is better stocked, but a little bit more unsettled as well. They use... Um, you know, last year used four of them. The best of the bunch is probably Richard Newton, at least on film thus far. I thought he played well as a redshirt freshman. Uh, Sean McGrew and Kamari Pleasant, both back for six years. And I think Cameron Davis can really help him as a situational back. <clears throat> on the defensive side, they got eight starters returning. Uh, again, their linebacker coach, Bob Gregory, is taking over. They're going to bring pressure. Um... Uh, Tuli, I don't even pronounce his last name, is uh, Tui Litu, as I call him. Is Litu Isamanoa, I think, is, is how you pronounce it. But uh, Tuli Litu is what I call him. Um, missed most of the 2020 season uh, due to an injury. But he's a big-time playmaker when he comes back. They lost the outside backer, uh, Tupolo Fitu. He had the Achilles injury in the spring. Uh, but Ryan Bowman is back for a sixth season. Uh, Savili Smalls, really good. And then um, Jeremiah Martin coming over from A&M. You know, he's a 265-pound guy that can really run. He's 6'5". The inside backers, uh, Ulufushu and uh, Jackson Sherman are back. Um, Ulufushu is a rising star. He was a walk-on, self-made player. He can cover a lot of ground. He's really a lot of speed. The game against Stanford was one of the best individual grades I saw in, in the game. I think he had like 20 tackles against Stanford. Um, they need more depth at that spot, though. Um, they need they got two new corners, safety. I think they got a star in Trent McDuffie, who's the lone returning corner. Um, Bradley Rayleigh House um, is a transfer from Oklahoma, was uh, picked up in the portal. Uh, Asa Turner and Alex Cook struggle to make plays. They've got to play a lot better this year. And, again, we've talked about their history with defensive backs. They've done that very, very well. Um, you know, it's been, to me, it's too early to really know what they're going to do under Jimmy. I think Jimmy's going to be a lot like the way Chris Peterson did it, focused on line of scrimmage, building that. I think recruiting is going to be key. And uh, obviously with a good young quarterback, they've got a chance to be good. It, it, they're not where Oregon is or even where USC is as a recruiting program. They're like top 25. And so they'll have like, you know, as opposed to maybe 16 top 300 players like Oregon did, they've got like four. Heward's one of them. Uh, Will Latu, the defensive lineman, the outside backer, edge rusher, is the other. Um, so they, they've got players. 
but they're they're an upscale Boise State. They're a they're probably stylistically more um, they're they're stylistically a lot like Oregon, but they're a if I were going to make a comparison, they're probably more like Utah in terms of talent. Now they're, they're more talented than Utah, but a little a little similar. Uh, where do I see them? <clears throat> I see them finishing second in the North if something happens to Utah. Certainly, you can put them in the mix. No doubt about it. It's a really good program. I don't know if it can take that elite level. That's going to depend on where their recruiting goes. Um, but I think they're they're off to a decent start, and I'm curious to see what they do this year. And the last team we're going to cover today is the Utah Utes. You know, they are, if you go back a few years ago, you look at what Stanford has done and what they used to be. And they got a lot of credit for it, and deservingly so. The Stanford program and the brand, big. Utah has done what Stanford has done and has done it longer. It's a better version of what Stanford used to be. It's the best developmental program out west and one of the best in the country. <clears throat> and um, they're the most physical team in the Pac-12. They are flatliners. They never get too high. They never get too low. You got to beat them. They usually don't beat themselves. Uh, it's a very simplistic scheme, offensively and defensively, but uber technique sound. Very tough. They play fast. They play quick. They react quick. And they are the most physical team in the Pac-12. I said it again. The offense is built around the run game with the running back and the quarterback in the run game and then a moving pocket. And it works well because they they are so well coached and are so physical in the run game. They develop offensive linemen extremely well, particularly in the run game. So they can work the play action very well. And the offensive line dominates so many of the defensive lines that they play in their schedule. The defensive line is consistently the best in the league, and the secondary is always good. If the Baylor transfer quarterback, Charlie Brewer, is healthy and he plays well, this is the team that's going to win the South, not USC. It's going to come down to that. Now, if it comes down to quarterback play, if that's going to be the determining factor, then it's going to be Keaton Slovis. So there's no question this is a really good team. They only played five games last year. They played their best at the end of the year. I don't look at, you look at the big picture, they get, you know, and what they were able to do. Um, Cameron Rising won the won the job last year at this time, then had the injury. Brewers and out in the mix. We'll see how it plays out. Um, they've taken transfers. They, that's what they do. They don't get elite stars in recruiting. The transfer portal was an important part of what they're doing. Their entire offensive line returns. So they keep guys a long time. It's a, it's a developmental program. What do developmental programs do? The guys stay there a long time. That's the, the common thread. Uh, they are not deep at receiver. They don't have enough playmakers to be big time. But 
Britton Covey is one of the absolute best. And uh, I, I think that they've got some guys that I think can be uh, really big-time factors um, and, and maybe some folks that you're not as familiar with. Devin Lloyd will get to the defense in a second, but uh, I think they've got really good tight end. And I think while they're not deep at receiver, I think they're really good. And I do think Ford and Lemouy, the center and right guard, are very, very good. Defensively, um, the Devin Lloyd is as you put him among the elite linebackers in the country. You just say who's best? He's in there. He is a playing Jesse. Nephi Sewell is the other one of the other linebackers. Very, very good. Keep an eye on Ethan Calvert. He's a true freshman linebacker and one of the highest related rated recruits. He's a top 75 recruit for them, which is a little bit unusual. Uh, they got a young secondary. Um, the sophomore cornerback, Clark Phillips, is really good. Uh, senior Vontae Davis is set to return at one safety spot. Nate Ritchie is uh, really a good, strong safety, uh, but went off to an LDS Michigan. They, the uh, LDS mission. A lot of them do. Um, R.J. Herbert re-injured himself in the spring. They always are great on special teams. This is when you used to hear about how good Virginia Tech was, and Virginia Tech hasn't been special teams, you know, you anymore. Special teams you is Utah. No one coaches special teams better. No one consistently have the best punters, the best kickers, the best coverage units, really good. They may not have the best playmakers in the return game. They're really good. They are really good. When I line up, great, who the best special teams players in the country, Utah always have some. They always have some. So um, Jason Redding <clears throat> was is really a solid kicker. Uh, Colby, who we just talked about, is a good returner. So it's a it's a if you take who they recruit and who comes out as prospects, they would rank number one in the country. They turn the groceries into the best meal of anybody in the country, at least in terms of prospects. Um, so a lot of quality there in terms of how they're able to coach it, develop it, toughness, attitude. Think they're a top. 18 to 20, 22 team. Think about this. This was a team that was a whack team at one point. Then there was a Mountain West team. And remember, they went and got into a New Year's Day ball. They played uh, with, with Urban. They played a pit team. And they got in and beat a really good Nick Saban Alabama team. They probably wasn't happy to be there. They, they beat them anyway. And they've gone into the Pac-12 and, quite frankly, without question, they're the most consistent team in the South, and they're not very talented in terms of recruiting. You know, they're a, they're a top thirty-five caliber program. Get they got three top three hundred commitments, which is like unbelievable for them. <clears throat> Pardon me. They don't ever get that many. I mean, getting one is a rarity. They got three, so they're taking that and kind of building off of it. I think the the Peter Costelli kid, the linebacker, is really good. Uh, Ethan Calvert, the linebacker, uh, the Costelli is the kid from Mission Viejo. 
Calvert is the kid from Oaks Christian High School in California, the linebacker, and I think he can help him. Really good class. Um, Costelli's a, a really athletic quarterback. The receiver, Veltrade Jefferson's really good. Elijah Lord, all from California. They recruit California well. They recruit the islands very well. They do a really good job with the Samoans and the toughness there. They they get it. They get it. They're really good. You look at their schedule and like them against Weber State. I like them against BYU. I like them against San Diego State and Washington State. I like them against USC. I think it's a question mark game against Arizona State, but I but I think they've got a good chance. I like them against Oregon State. I think it's a question mark game against UCLA, but I like them. At Stanford, I like them. At Arizona, I definitely like them. I think Oregon's more talented. I think Colorado's a challenge. I think they win it. This is I think this is the team that can win ten games. I think the USC game on the road is going to be pivotal. Again, this is a team that's not as deep. You get some injuries here, it's different than maybe some other injuries. You lose a receiver. You lose, um, you know, Britton Colby. They don't replace him like USC can replace Brew McCoy. USC's got a better quarterback. USC's got more skill. US, uh, Utah's tougher. They're more disciplined. They're better coached. They're more physical. They can run it. They can outcoach and upset USC on the road. Well, they don't know. We'll see how healthy they are there. So that's kind of the variable of, yeah, you know, they're nine wins, ten wins. Could they win 11? Probably not 11. Nine's more realistic. Maybe 10. Might be enough. Might be enough to win the South. That's a look at Oregon, USC, Washington, and Utah. Uh, I'm going to get to your um, mailback here in a bit. A couple of notes around the national college end. Notre Dame getting a big-time commitment from um, a really good player out west. The Camus, Washington native, uh, Tobias Merriweather. He's a big receiver. He's 6'4", 185. He's going to be a 215-pound receiver. Uh, he had a lot of offers, including Utah, including uh, USC, including Oregon, um, including Stanford. Um, it's a long, levered receiver, big-time catch radius, high point the ball, smooth route runner, um, this is the type of guy that Notre Dame doesn't have enough of these playmakers. Speaking of Notre Dame, they do a tremendous job. And we'll break down Notre Dame in the ACC podcast. Even though they're not technically in the ACC, we'll, we'll, we'll catch them there. They don't get enough of these type players. This is a big loss for the Pac-12. This is a big-time talent. Got more recruiting news. Big day for Pitt. Some good news for Penn State. Uh, as well, check out uh, LandryFootball.com for all the latest recruiting information as well as other news and nuggets around the world of college football and the NFL, for that matter. Now, let's get to the mailbag segment. And Woodchet King, we appreciate Woodchet, Woodchet King joining us. Um, said you touched on this a little bit, but could USC become an elite program quickly with the right coaching hire? Curious. If they slipped uh, in their potential the last, yeah, that's a, that's a quick fix. 
This is not like, this is a quick fix. This is an easy fix. This is just, I love him. It's just in over his head. This is a quick fix. Uh, now, Oregon is, you know, you got to go catch them. No doubt about it. But this is, you know, this is a USC's brand. That's the one thing that USC can match brands with anybody in the country. Um, but because you have the brand, doesn't mean you, you do a good job with it. And right now, they're just not. And um, that's easily fixable. It's easily fixable with the right guy. Got to get the right guy. Um, in which a King says he thought that Whittingham has been most underrated coach in the country for many, many years. He's really good. I've, I can't stress that enough. Uh, folks, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. I want to remind you again of what we're doing here. We're giving you conference shows, uh, well, really every day. Well, every day but Friday. We get the SEC show uh, on Mondays and Thursdays. SEC football and beyond is coming up next. That's at the top of the hour with myself and Dan Matthews. Uh, we do that Mondays and Thursdays. Right before, that's at 5 p.m. Central. Right before that on Mondays, we do the ACC football and beyond. On Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Central, Big Ten football and beyond. Uh, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central, Big 12 football and beyond. And as we did today, Thursday at 4 p.m. Central, Pac-12 football and beyond. You got the Landry Football Podcast, Scout's Eye on College Football, which is the national show. We got it all for you. We really appreciate you joining us. Check us out if you're listening to this in a podcast form. Join us in the chat room. Watch the show live by joining us at twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball. If you want to, you can follow us on Periscope. Um, my Twitter handle is at LandryFootball. If you like doing it on YouTube, the Landry Football YouTube channel, you can catch it there. If you want to listen to this podcast, go to LandryFootball.com. And you can download it there and just listen to it right there. It'll take you right where you need to be so that if you're catching this, maybe a little late um, and you want to listen to the whole thing, you can do that. And then if you sign up for Landry Football's podcast channel uh, with the great folks at Podcast Park, you'll be able to get uh, a number of our shows, including the ACC, the SEC, the Landry Football Podcast, Scout's Eye, the Alabama football show that we do on Wednesdays with Ryan Fowler. So we appreciate you joining us. Check us out at LandryFootball.com. As you know, that's where we bring you all the in-depth film room analysis, all the inside information. Uh, NFL football, Thursday night football is here. First preseason game. So check that out. I know you're going to enjoy that. Look at a lot of young guys. Uh, check all our roster breakdowns in the NFL. Um, if you like the NFL game, we've got Scouts Eye on Pro Football, which, again, you can catch right here on this channel, 5 p.m. Central, on Tuesday nights. And you can catch the podcast over at LandryFootball.com. So you can get all your NFL fix, all the film room breakdowns during the season, the game breakdowns. We've got the season previews, roster analysis. We've got it all for you. So we're your one-stop shop place for football, college football, the NFL. We so appreciate you joining us. We'd like to ask one other favor. Spread the word about what we're doing here. Uh, get more folks involved in the chat room. Uh, we'll talk some football. We'll talk some of the topics that you want us to talk about. Let us know. We're here to serve you at LandryFootball.com uh, and on this podcast. Look, it's like having your own scouting department and coaching department. And you come to a meeting and you can, as an owner, have, um, you, you know, Things may be explained to you and discussed, 
that has a lot of fun. So take advantage of it. That's what we're here for. We love joining you and being with you. So appreciate you joining us. Join us in a little bit. Top of the hour, myself, Dan Matthews, as we go SEC football and beyond. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.